Trucker's Friend. Trucker's Friend episode for NASA call hauler saved by a good mechanic. Best comment in this video. <laughs> Somebody said something like, thanks for showing us a bunch of random stuff at the beginning. <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> So I think the appropriate response is thank you. You know, I, I feel uncomfortable doing that, but, but then I'll get comments like yours where I realize that that's appreciated. <laughs> so that's why I put that stuff in there. <laughs> oh man. It's so funny. There's the spectrum, you know, you, you try to set the scene, you're trying to make it a little bit like, Hey, let's like, let's put a little something into this. Set the scene. We landed in Charlotte. Where are we going? What's the adventure going to be? We don't really know. That's what I was was going to start with saying that you start with airport scene. That's the Charlotte airport there. Yeah, dude, that place is a mess. Do uh, is everyone just so used to people on their phones all the time that no one even notices that you're just on your head, you're laying on your stomach, <laughs> you know, getting a low shot, random weird, or you're laying on your back so you can get an upper, you know, I mean, you're just in all these contorted positions yeah. trying to get the perfect shot. Does anyone even I say anything you, to you or is it just after everyone? months of traveling to the airports with this gig? That is by far the least interesting thing that's floating around in the airports <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> All right. So we got another, another NASCAR hauler episode. Um, flying into Charlotte, team driving from Charlotte to up to Loudoun, New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. Loudoun, little place up in kind of out in the country. So you, the episode gets rolling pretty quick. You not a lot of not a lot of build up airport shots. Quick hello to Hollywood, basically giving you some food, and you guys are out rolling. Yeah, he's been taking care of me on the food front. It's like kind of a thing now, where he likes to meet me with some food every time. I, I'll take it. You know, I there was I'm, I was going to get to this later. I'll do it now since we're talking about that food in the comments. Uh, someone said this looks like a heart attack waiting to happen. Crew. Again, I'm like, where, there, where do you go? There's some, there's some, there's some girthiness in that crew. Yeah. You think, I mean, I mean, aren't we all heart attacks waiting to happen at some point? I, everybody knows a perfectly healthy man that's fallen from a heart attack. Well, I mean, you get the more. The past couple of years. But so like you watch the whole. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Seems like a lot more lately. <laughs> and now it doesn't matter. What so my point being is Hollywood, he's he's feeding you well. Do you think he's trying to get that that gut a little caught up with the rest of the boys? I think he's used to kind of being the most fit and in shape. So I think he's just trying to subtle, subtly push me into the Chris and maybe there's, there's some girthiness in that in that crew. There's some. But again, I love, I just love. Again, this is just the <laughs> funny. This is again, though, you, you probably don't re respond to the comments. <laughs> you know, people go through and watch, and you, it's just interesting to see what their takeaway is. All right. So, jump into some road shots. The, the one that caught my eye was you did get a way scale sign. Was it open or closed? I, 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 does that matter to you? Well, no, but we have a lot of safety conscious viewers that notice those kind of things. We do. Have you taught? the NASCAR hauling crew how to blow some way scales. I'm going to say that I have. Are you going to plead the fifth <laughs> on this? Oh, no, I'll take it. You know what? I don't think that you can go back and assign. It's got to be a pretty short statute of limitations. So I'm going to say, yes, I have maybe bolstered their confidence. Some of my bull hauling technique I've brought over. And one of those was that 
if there's a scale that may not come at a convenient time or place that it's acceptable to sidle on by. So you've, you've led that whole team, just the whole caravan of trailers, just, just boom, 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 right through that scale. Yeah, the best was leaving Sonoma, California. There was a scale in the middle of the night. I don't even know why they're open. It's like, what are you guys even doing? And they're not going to stop us. It's this whole army of haulers. I mean, technically, we're completely illegal to be in California anyway because our trailers are too long. So they're already turning the blind eye to the length of all of our trailers. So, so what's one more little... So the best was... So I, so I didn't, didn't know that. So are all those NASCAR trailers illegal in California? Yeah. Huh. Everyone. No special permit. No, there's one that's legal. So they don't no, get any special permit. permit. There's nothing you can do. You're just 100% illegal. California just says, well, that's a lot of money coming in. Let's look, look away. We'll just turn again, money. Turn the other way. There, right? See, this is why Trucker's Friend is... A, this is why nobody would know this. Nobody would know that all those NASCAR trailers are illegal in California. Oh, yeah. Yep. The only one that's legal that I know of is Jeremy Clements Racing because they have a shorter hauler. It's kind of a short gooseneck hmm. style. It's under the, the length restriction. So, so what did what did the uh, what did all the 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 junior motorsport drivers when you guys blew a scale? Was that a big nerve wracking kind of a thing? You know, everyone on the edge of their seats, or I think everyone. It's one of those things everyone likes to talk about. Like, yeah, we blow the scale, but when it comes time, very few people actually like do it and are like comfortable with it. So I'm following uh, a hauler from Big Machine Racing. And I see the scale coming. I didn't realize there was a scale. I usually don't kind of know where they are. This was a surprise to me. Kind of caught me off guard. And I'm like, we just finally got out of traffic. I'm like, I am not going to pull in here just to have them roll me across and go back on the road. So big machine pulls in there. JRM. <laughs> goes on by. <laughs> and he never caught us again. Just, oh, <laughs> so, man. I'm um, sure they look out and go. And then they got to feel a little silly, like, well, Chris told me a story one time. Here's one. They were, they were doing a giant, big convoy. Apparently, they don't like them to convoy, but they had left Southern California, going through the little tip of Arizona into Southern Utah, through St. George. There's a scale there, right when you come into Utah. And Chris is like, they pulled every, all, all the haulers are going, and there's a huge line of us, and I end up being the guy that gets out of all these haulers that pull me in. See, and I look at that as like, what a prime perfect scenario where you got 20 trucks in line on the ramp. Go on, come on, just fly, spread your wings. <laughs> and I learned this in California from some of the finest California owner operators that are out there. They're the ones that kind of said, you know, if the time is right in California, it's okay to just go on. Blow that baby. So I'm I'm assuming this way scale was closed then with the sign you got because you don't. If it was on video, in. yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> if it was on video, it was definitely closed. All right. So then then we we get into the breakdown. Ugh. Ugh. And we on one of our previous regular episodes we went in, went in a little more detail about what the breakdown was the uh, that exhaust that recirculation system recycler yeah. of the exhaust, but you get you're on the side of the you know you're pulled not on the side of the road you're pulled into parking lot there and. You get a shot of you and Chris where you're talking to Chris. He looks like he does one of those other fake smiles for the camera. He didn't look real happy. <laughs> he was so mad. He was so mad because his last trip, he's coming home from Chicago and he, he breaks down and on his way home and he ends up sitting for half a day somewhere for this same problem. 
But he goes to a mechanic shop that doesn't actually do anything to fix the issue. They just cleared the code out Mm. and sent him on his way. So in his mind, he's like, hey, it's fixed. Mechanics looked at it. They sent me on my way, said they updated the computer, which basically just means they cleared out all the codes. It was just like a a little TA truck stop service center tire shop diagnostic place. Sent him on his way. So in his mind, we're good. So, I mean, I wasn't, four hours maybe up the road and Chris goes back and just zonks and as best he can. Actually, that was a pretty smooth stretch of road. So he's sleeping and I, everything's going good. I look down when I see that D rate and it tells you in three hours, D rate in three hours. You're like, so you have three hours to figure it out until your truck just goes into turd mode. <laughs> Probably 10 miles an hour. And I had to wake him up. And I'm like, Chris, 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 he's finally, whoa, what's going on? And I'm like, D rate, and he's, we said some choice things back then. The curtains closed and I'm just like, and I'm like, do you want me to start looking for some places? Are you, and he's kind of, when he gets in the mode, he kind of gets a little despondent. So I'm trying to be helpful, but not, you know, when someone's too helpful, when you're in a stressful moment, you just want to be like, just sit back and be quiet. Yeah. Like, do you want me to look? And so I couldn't quite read it. So I just kind of every so often be like, Looks like there's a mechanic shop up in, and just kind of throw it back to the sleeper. And he finally, after what do we say, 10 calls, nine, 10 calls, he finally gets this JT. And this is where I, I would lean way more into the NASCAR thing. I would be like, Hey, this is Dale Jr.'s race team. I would make it like Dale Jr.'s racing, which he doesn't, but I would make it that way to these mechanics to try to, use any little leverage to so Chris and, and this is this is to JT's credit the mechanic that saved us Chris went like a minute and a half into the conversation without saying a peep about NASCAR we're on our way to a race we gotta be there in the morning he just like I got a code we're trucking out here you know but JT was he wasn't real excited but he was giving him the time of day and I was like crap Dale Jr. <laughs> You know, and Chris always teases and calls Dale Jr. baby Jesus because he's just like the holy, like the holy one of, of Mooresville. There's always people gathered around the shop, you know, wanting to see him. So they're like, Dale Jr., you know, <laughs> baby in a manger, you know, all this stuff. And he finally used it. And you could hear JT perk up, kind of the ear perked up. And this sounds interesting. And he came down and met us at, you know, at that little parking lot of that truck stop and Hmm. you know the rest was history in one of the comments (laughs) i love going through these comments (laughs) some so i'm I'm curious i'm curious there was some neglect on your part or if there was something else this comment said this should have been caught way sooner if if someone looked at the gauges false there's no way i didn't see that comment you can't there's no gauge for the egr pressure it just all of a sudden shows up three hours yeah it just there's no gauge for that there's not there's a gauge for the volts which some people pointed out but there's no there's no gauge for emissions anything so it started out another one did you see the other comment about if you'd spend less time washing your trucks and more time doing maintenance you might not have this problem (laughs) that's funny (laughs) i didn't see that one that's funny so i think this what this guy's point was that that thing started telling you i think it 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 jumps in it at eight hours and it goes seven hours, six. And so by the time it got down to three the hours. The human thing. We wait until the very end. It had been about five hours before you noticed. <laughs> no. 
So yeah, I did. When it said that, I was like, ah, I wonder if that's true that you could have known this from gauges if it just pops up and says yeah, three hours. No, no, no way. In fact, you don't even know what it is. It just tells you it could be one of 200 things. It just says D rate until you hook it up. You'll have no idea, which boggles my mind. Why not have a thing that tells the driver this is the issue? So you can call a mechanic and say, hey, my EGR pressure sensor is being funky. Mm, yep. All right. Yeah, I was, I was just noticed. I was going to say, I knew there were a few calls made. I would have, I first would have said, hey, this is the head driver for Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s racing team. <laughs> yeah. The NASCAR driver, uh-huh. the Hall yeah. of Fame NASCAR yes, driver. Everything, all of it, every accolade. <laughs> I mean, I would have said about a hundred, I would have dropped Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s name about a hundred times I before might have I even, even said the problem. I might have even have said, this is Dale Earnhardt Jr. I got one of my trucks on the road. They'll never know. I would probably go that far. Use his name and say I was him. Oh man, funny. So you guys, it looked like the other the other drivers, the other trucks were hanging out with you while you were getting this happen. So yeah. Did all did everyone stay with you or just or so just, a Razorback left way before we did, so he was on his own. But it was us and then Daryl, who we call Fireman. He was he was driving, and then Ken was driving the the number nine, and Ken missed the turn, and so we're like, hey, just kind of can go on your way. But he, we just a little miscommunication. He went up the road like a mile and sat there on the edge of the road. Really? <laughs> on his own, yeah. The whole time. So we ended up all getting back together after we got fixed up. Because the, then the next morning, you guys were all fueling together. That's what I was going to say. Did yeah. everyone wait or did you guys catch up? Because we've talked about this before. And do you guys all kind of caravan together? And you said, ah, sometimes, sometimes we take different routes. Mm-hmm. But then, then in that, you guys were all there. And so then I wanted to ask... Is Chris, that those guys just being being good buddies or is there kind of some protocol? Chris, it's, I don't think there's like a protocol, but Chris really wanted, he's like, tell Daryl to pull in and stay and wait with us and just, let's just figure out what's going on. And of course, Daryl kind of likes traveling with someone anyway. So that's kind of why we did that. But as we, as we went up the road, we had a little issue because we were fueling in the morning. They just kind of wake up, right? So we got the truck fixed. We get rolling. They wake up at an unknown truck stop. We do the co-drivers. We just kind of pick where we're going to fuel, switching off. You guys figure out the rest of the trip. We're going to try to catch a nap, right? And when we switched off, I napped for maybe an hour and a half, two hours intermittent. And I come up front. There's only, it's only like three hours left that they have to drive. And we come up and, oh man, everybody's mad. And Hollywood's on the CB squawking about traffic. and. Chris is like, oh man, we was in some bad traffic. But Chris will never be like angry with me because we get along so well. So I'm like, what? What's wrong? You guys took us through New York. We're like, <laughs> like why would you do that? And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. There's there's two routes you can go. You can split in Pennsylvania and go up straight north, and then cut over. I think through a little bit of Vermont into Loudon, or you can go through Pennsylvania up and run, not through you, New York city, but kind of parallel to it to where you just probably wouldn't be able to see it. And traffic gets pretty thick there. Well, I, I don't know these routes and I'm not just one to blindly follow my GPS, but I did say, what, how are we going? Well, I programmed Chris, I programmed the GPS, just follow the GPS, which is what I did. And that's the route that it sent. And so I'm going, hey, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I didn't know. You just, you know, you pre-programmed. But it turns out we started after that. These GPSs have been going haywire. Like, 
just changing routes like midstream, sending you all over. So they've since dumped all these and they're changing them out with fresh new ones because they, they're going funky. So, you know, uh-huh. do what the main driver says. Should you wake him up and double check mid-trip? Nah. They're big boys. They can handle New York City. <laughs> Better them than me. That's a great way to wake up. New York City traffic. He's like, where are we at? Summer. I'm like, I, I don't know. We're, I don't know. Somewhere out there. There's signs, signs of Brooklyn or Manhattan or something. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> Brookline? Brooklyn? Oh, man. All right. And then, and then the last thing is, boy, you guys ran into quite a crew of race a race car tour in the middle of the night there at that Monte Carlo those three oh, boys man. made me so happy though like just the most <laughs> redneck little like just good little dudes you know man I mean we spent the whole time that kid showing me YouTube videos hey look here this is me and you know going from NASCAR races to that level of course is pretty slow you know but you could just see the fire in their eyes and those other kids were kind of his pit crew and and the best secret part of that video that you wouldn't know is I was like, all right, fire. He was driving a Monte Carlo and that's what he races a different body, but different car, but he loves Monte Carlos. So I was like, all right, fire this thing up. Give me a good burnout when you rip out of here. All right, I'll get it on YouTube. And they're like, all right, all right. And he kind of fires it up and it gets a little rich and kind of, so he revs it and gets it going. And he does kind of his best. And as a lot of things are on camera, like they look pretty cool, but the camera, you go back and watch and you're like, hmm, it didn't quite (laughs) capture the Hollywood burnout that I was thinking. And so I actually did speed the footage up a little, little cinematic trick to Uh also when the cup haulers were making the cup parade, that was another moment I sped up the footage. If you're wondering why the cup trucks had squeaky sound and horns, because when you speed up the speed, everything gets higher pitched. So made the Monte Carlo look pretty good ripping out of there. I tell you what, it warmed my heart seeing those three guys. Didn't it? I mean, it's just like, it's like you're every, I don't know, every dream that you'd hope for as a teenager where you just got your boys. I mean, I mean, these guys are out in the middle of the night <laughs> because you're in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's, their, it's the crew, the race crew, the driver <laughs> and the pit guys. And I mean, it would just... It was cool. just, I mean, it's it just a very, a very nostalgic feel seeing yeah. those guys on yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. And then you guys kind of abandoned the blue beacon, it looked like. Oh, hey, can I quick talk one thing about JT that tied into the podcast? Yeah. This was, this was pretty interesting. So everywhere. And, and again, JT is the repair, the, he's the repair guy that yep. came out. JT's repair. Great dude. If you're ever on that, watch the video. I got all this stuff on there. But I asked JT as we were chatting, because he's telling me he's got the shop and he's got some young guys in there working. And everywhere I go, you hear the same thing. You can't get any young guys to work. Can't get anyone to work. None of them have a work ethic. They won't do anything. They won't do anything. So I said, hey, you got young guys in your shop. He goes, yeah, yeah. So is there a lot of young guys around here that are just happy to grow up, graduate, go to diesel school, be here? He goes, oh yeah, no problem. He said, okay, well, that, that's interesting. I don't usually hear that. And he goes, I'll tell you what, the key with young people is, and JT's, he was 28. So it's not like it's some old wizard. He's 28, just, but works his guts out. And he tells me, he said, the key with these young guys is someone's got to take the time to just show them the ropes. And I was like, here we are at two in the morning or whatever. And he's saying this. And I was like, JT, 
that is makes me so happy. I told him this because I said it's the same in trucking. You get young guys that are willing, but they can be a little much to be around or to mentor. But he realizes in his shop, if I don't take the time to show these kids things that to me are annoyingly simple, they will never catch the vision. They will never learn. They'll never grow. So he's finding success in his shop and finding young guys to work with him because he'll take the time to just slow down and teach them this is how you properly oil an O-ring before you put it in or whatever it may be and teaches them. And he goes, it's paying huge dividends. It's totally worth it. And you're right. They don't do that at big shops. Everyone's mad and it's all these old grumpy mechanics and they just want to you know, go on their way and do their thing. So I said, that's, that's what we need in trucking and that's what we're trying to, trying to do. Okay, so I, anyway, back to it. Looks like you guys abandoned the Blue Beacon, pulled in there, yeah. got your truck all cleaned up at the track instead of yeah, finding the Blue Beacon. The old Blue Beacon. I don't know if they'll ever be a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> is that, I don't know if they'll make it. Is that that? It looked like a detailing crew there, right? Is it? A, so they have the same on all the all the races that are reasonably. I would say within fifteen hours they use. I'd say thirteen hours they use the same crew, the same wash company will travel around. So those trucks you saw, they pull a trailer with their chemicals and their tanks and they travel to the races. So the same guy is at all these races, same crew. That's the same guy. If you watch the Coda video from Austin, this was the same crew uh, that were washing trucks at Austin as well. Is this just for the junior motorsports team or is this no. everyone? Yeah, no, so- they just roll in. They've got to deal with NASCAR. Okay. So they're washing the truck haulers, the Xfinity haulers, and the cup haulers, which is a total of up to 115, 125 Ooh. rigs. Oh, that's a nice contrast. I <laughs> Three to days, have. yeah. Ooh. So he's got a traveling crew and, you know, pretty hard work and tough, but they stay out on the road. They don't even go home. They're based out of Texas, I think. And they come out and they just go from race to race for two or three weeks at a time. Mm. It's just pretty wild. Is it pretty hot there? It looked it like was everyone so was sweating. Oh, everyone's so hair is just like, it had been raining. Like we'd get rain and then just hot. You know, we don't have humidity here. So it was just like, whoa. Yeah. People look a little, a little. Did you kind of get wet. like washed out sort of? You're just like. Oh. Yeah. So, so it uh, looked like there's a little drama of not being able to get the car unloaded. Oh yeah. Oh man. They were mad. You know, truckers, we like routine. They like things regiment. This is where I put the food containers. This is where I put the straps. This, everything has a place. And for whatever reason, it's, it was something to do with the performance of the car that our crew decided the way we've been strapping it down is affecting something on the, with the wheels. So they changed the, the way, but nobody told anyone. And so couldn't, they could not, they went up and they were banging it and it's hot, you know, and humid. And you're in a trailer. And yeah. And it's heart attack crew, you know, or whatever that comment was. <laughs> so, so they get out and they're mad. And I'm, I'm trying to toe the line between filming and like being helpful. Like, do you need me? I can, I can get under the car pretty easy. So they, when they came down, man, Hollywood was mad and everyone was mad. Chris was mad. <laughs> They, you know what? Forget it. They tied it in. They can, they can get it down and done. And so, how long did they work on this to get that thing out unstrapped? Once the crew came, I mean, they probably gave it a good 10, 15 minutes, and then we're just like, forget it. And it's funny because you think like we're the lowly truck drivers, like these are the crews, like the professional mechanics and all this. These guys, they don't care. They're like, 
forget, I don't care what they are, who they are. They can come get their own car out, you know? Like, they're not intimidated by the status of these are race engineers or whatever. They're like, mm. come figure it out. You're the one that put it in there. Like, <laughs> so, so the crew came and got it. Yeah. Yeah. We waited until the crew came and he did, sent the crew up. Did they get it easily? Yeah. Cause they knew how they rigged it. It was some way where you had to pull the strap instead of just loosening it and unhooking it. You had to loosen it, pull the strap all the way out through the wheel. It was a couple extra steps that again, probably wasn't, <laughs> if you'd been shown, it wouldn't probably been that bad, but it was just like, We've been doing this for how many years this way? And all of a sudden we get here and this one car <laughs> strapped in different. Why wouldn't they just cut? <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, just cut them. It's like, Dale's got the money. Just cut them. Cut them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have, that would have been my like, yeah, I got a pocket knife. <laughs> I can fix this real quick. They were, yeah, they were about there. Then Hollywood gives Daryl a little a little jab, single and ready to mingle. Is yeah. that what he said? Daryl, man, he's he's a single man, just free, unattached, doing just being the roving man. And he, you know, I haven't got to experience it, but the guys all say Daryl Fireman. There's a reason. There's that country song. They call me the Fireman. He is like that guy that they say at the the closer tracks. He's always got he's always got a gal on his arm. Oh, Daryl, never underestimate. He's the, out there slinging. Huh? Yeah, slinging big time. So kind of the last the last thing I wanted to ask about is those, you had that little parade of the Cup Series haulers, which the Cup Series is is the next level up from Xfinity, which is where you're driving. Yep. Do those do those trailers look a little fancier? The graphics and everything, they look a little pretty slick. They do kind of have that, huh? Yeah. I think it's, again, it's all the money thing. They have way more money. Because you guys' trailers, I mean, it's got the sponsors, but they're they're not like where those cup ones. Ooh, yeah, they look pretty yeah. pretty fancy. See, and this is Xfinity. Take note from from an outsider like Luke. You know, you know, he recognizes that the cup maybe cup doesn't allow Xfinity to be any more flashy. I got gotcha. you. You know, but oh, yeah, yeah, the cup they're the they're kind of the hoity toity type. Yeah, the trucks look the same. It was the the trailers. The trailers it was graphic, and they look pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty lit up. Oh, all right. So go over a few comments or your questions from the comment section. I've I've noticed this on a number of the NASCAR videos. Is you know how lucky it is to drive for NASCAR. I'd love, I'd die to die for NASCAR. <laughs> you know what those guys say? Because well, we get this question. Well, let me ask you this. I have an answer. I think I know what the answer is. We had somewhat conversation. So you're a, you're a team driver, the backup driver for NASCAR. And you also have your own trucking company. Mm -hmm. So if you were supporting a family, if you're just trying to buy your dinner, it is, is that NASCAR job one that's going to... Yeah. Backup driver for NASCAR is right up your alley. Yes. But if you're trying to make a living, no. So it's just not enough. It's just... Yeah, just I guess work. that's you what I'm pointing is, I mean, races, yeah. yeah, cool, cool, really lucky and cool to have the experience mm -hmm. to see all that. Yeah. But it's some, but it's kind of like, kind of like a little vacation that you actually get paid for <laughs> a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah. Your expenses yeah, are covered for your vacation. Yeah, like this cool thing. But it's not something that you can maintain. Which is why they end up with mostly retired truck types doing that. So the, the primary guys, because I tell them, I'm like, man, everyone in the comments, you know, I'll say how they would love to do this. And Chris goes, you know how I got this job? I said, uh-uh. He goes, I saw these guys in the parking lot one time, these NASCAR haulers, and I walked up to that truck driver and I said, man, I drive truck too. I drive a, I drive a dump truck around here. 
Guy goes, oh, cool. And Chris goes, man, how do I get a job like yours? He goes, hang on. Shuts the truck off, the hauler truck, pulls the key out, hands it to Chris and walks away. Chris goes, I've been stuck with this job ever since. Waiting for someone to come ask me how they get this job. <laughs> That's when they all say that. You know, of course, the videos, we make it look fun and it's funny. And it is a lot of that. But it's those those primary guys, we've mentioned it before. Oh, man. It's, I mean, they get basically one day off a week and they're back to it and going and going. And every week, and it's weekends, which is when most people do fun things and stuff and events happen. They're gone every weekend from February to the beginning of November. And it's like, so people are like, man, that is a dream. I'm like, it's a lot more than you probably realize. It's like a weekend, one, one weekend dream. <laughs> yeah. The close races are probably cool. And you're like, oh, we're racing in Atlanta. It's whatever, four hours away. Great. But yeah. the rest of that stuff is, whew. All right. Some other uh, questions. Which team has the best graphics on their trailer? Ooh, that was a question. Yeah. Hmm. I think that the number eight oh, car. I think personally, I like Stuart Haas's stuff. Their style, the best for their. They have uh, like the Monster Energy stuff, and so they do a lot of like matte black. And, mm. Did you talk to them and give them your tip for drinking energy drinks? <laughs> hey guys, check this. Also, out. you know why I'm mixing up? I'm mixing up podcast episodes. <laughs> That's right. So, so anyone listening, to Trucker's friend for the the YouTube <laughs> companion that doesn't listen to our other episode, Jackson. <laughs> Two episodes ago, on gave his technique for drinking energy drinks. And then we discussed it again in our latest yeah. episode. Anyway, you can go look those up. We won't. We don't need to go into it. What determines when a co-driver is needed? I think we've touched on this. Yeah, before. anything, anything over a duty cycle. So anything over eleven hours, they want a co-driver so the truck doesn't have to stop. So right. 12, 13, 14 hours. Anything. I mean, anything over up to up to the Portland trips, which was three thousand miles. All right, and I. I mean, I gotta, I guess I gotta ask this because every time. I think I know what it's gonna be. Seatbelts. Where's your seatbelts? Where's the seatbelts, man? I don't even know. Like, when do people even see? I don't, I I don't even know when they see. Sometimes we don't have a seatbelt on, like when we're switching seats and stuff. Or ever. (laughs) I've I've never seen a truck driver wear a seatbelt in my life. Here's the thing. I promise you that if you look down the highway as a, and this isn't a, this isn't a, like a total fact. This is a general rule. There's some minority exceptions, but as a general rule, I promise that the best and probably safest, most wizardly truck drivers out on the road aren't probably wearing their seatbelt in a semi. And again, it's just, it's different than a car. It's just different. You, you'd know if you've been in a semi, you'd understand you're, you're getting in the sleeper, you're getting out and blah, blah, everything else. And I, I, if you're using that as your bellwether of success and safety, yeah, you're probably going to follow that truck into a snowstorm and into the ditch. Yeah. Well, it comes up all the time all in the, the comments. All, there's always someone. That's why I even quit. I don't even, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd be, I don't think we'd ever get an honest statistic of, of how many yeah, lives are actually ever, saved by seatbelts. I mean, how semi. would you know? It's so different in a semi too. So different in a semi. I don't know how you would know in a wreck because they were wearing a seatbelt that saved their life. Yeah. Because you don't know. Mm -hmm. There's no way way to know that, oh yeah, they would have died without a seatbelt. Because you see some unbelievably crazy wrecks where you think there's no way a human can survive and they walk out no problem. Right. See some things where like, like did anything happen to the car and the person dies in the wreck? Right. So, right. I guess my point saying is 
when people get so caught up in seatbelts, okay, yeah, I understand the restraint. It, it makes sense that it would save lives. Right. Generally speaking, it's... But, right. man, some people just get super fascinated. Like, if they'd have been wearing the seatbelts, they would have... How do you know that? Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. And, I, I mean, like, if a car rolls six times at high speed, it's probably best to be strapped in, I would think, you know? But, like... A semi, does, that's just not even a thing. Okay, here's thing a, me wearing a seatbelt, whether I wear or not, has no effect whatsoever on you. <laughs> now, like, for instance, if I'm drinking and driving, I have an effect on you. Right. That's as true. another driver. That's true. Me wearing a seatbelt has zero effect on you. That's a good point. So don't worry about it. Right. You go put your seatbelt on and have a great day. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, it, like, don't worry about it. And I, here's what I hate. I hate that by putting a video out, I'm, there's some people I'm just ruining this, this tick that they have where they just can't, they're just focused on the center of my chest the whole time they see anything. They're going, what? And I, I'm just ruining this viewing experience for them. I'm going to say on your, when you ride your electric bike, you need to start wearing a helmet too. Okay. Okay. Helmet and seatbelt, please. Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh, the last one. I really, really like this comment. It's not a question. It's a comment. Someone said, put Hot Shot Secret. Oh, yeah, I know. I put saw hot that Hot Shot Secret. They were so stuff. sincere. They, I mean, they went through the whole thing. Yeah, why it works. And yep. yep. So Hot Shot Secret is a product that we have mm-hmm. talked about that we are going to have a relationship with someday. We will. And then once we have that, we can have people quit telling us we're slacking on our podcast because we can't get together and record <laughs> because we actually have other right. jobs and lives yep. that we have to live and do. Yep. So, all right. Well, anything else you want to add to the the New Hampshire? No, no, trip? I think, I think that was about it. The race. Oh, I didn't have any like zero race footage because it was, it was bad. It was very, everyone was kind of mad at everyone. Bad, it was just a bad race. Our car just kept getting worse and like we started pretty good and we just, Worse, 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 worse. See, that's the stuff I want to see. I just want to see the drama and the. My favorite thing is when it's hard because you can't hear anything. It, it'd be like a silent movie because the, when the race is going, it's just like wow. But this, can't. Is, but this is. I don't need to see it. I don't need to hear it because this is what I love to see in your videos. It's when you come up on someone who's really frustrated and irritated, and you got the camera, and you're like, "Hey, hey smile buddy. for the camera, check it out." And they just put on just the like the most fake smile, and you can just see in their face they're just like, "You get out of here!" Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Well, until next time, guys. 